Hey guys, just wanted to take a, a second of your time to talk about a new bra head company that has appeared on the scene to deliver high quality bra heads at an affordable price. Exact Archery and the Exact Bra Heads deliver high quality, durable, and constant bra heads for a fraction of the price working directly with manufacturers they deliver. Order a three pack of four blade bra heads today for just $20 at www.exactarchery.com. Use the promo code BLADE22 to get free shipping. Thanks, guys. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Blue River Bow Hunting Podcast. Uh, a little bit later in the week than I normally do, but uh, something's better than nothing. Uh, I was uh, talking and texting with my buddy Troy Delaney today on some some bow stuff and was at uh, dinner with the family, and I thought, you know what? I'm just going to, when I get home, I'm going to see if Troy wants to do a podcast. I went over to West Virginia turkey hunting with uh, with him this year, which we're definitely going to get into. Uh, what a blast for sure, but uh, this is your second time on the show. First time was episode 10 with me and Adam, which I believe may be one of the longest podcasts I've ever done. May have been one or two beers involved, but what's going on, dude? Uh, not much, brother. You know, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> that's, good. that's good. But uh, it's, it's, it, everything's been going good, man. Just getting ready, you know, shooting. Shooting the old longbow, you know, trying to get everything dialed in. Um, switched up some knocks that I had because the knocks that came on my new arrows were just a, about a, maybe a quarter inch shorter. And I was drawing and it was just a short draw. Put some new knocks on, added about a quarter inch things shooting great now ma'am that's awesome it was pretty cool to watch you shoot uh your longbow there when i when i came turkey hunting with you uh because i haven't really been around traditional archery all that much you know my brother gave me a longbow i think actually a recurve he gave me a recurve uh that he had had for quite some time a few years ago i've shot it a few times but i have a lot of respect for people that love traditional archery because it is that it is traditional it's not you know, the big machines we got as compounds, you know, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's funny that even in a traditional community, you know, community, it's just like, everybody has something to say about something, you know, well, your, your handles machined aluminum and your limbs are carbon or, you know, well, you don't shoot wooden arrows and it's still, it's still a fight. Uh, I, I'm just like, if it's got just one string on it, what does it matter? Right. I mean, you, you have no sights. Most of the time you have no air arrest. You're shooting right off the shelf of the bow. And it's just like, my goodness, can't we all just get along? <laughs> you, you know, you would th you would think we could, you know, but there's just so many people that throw a wrench in that. It don't matter what it is. It don't matter if you got a gun, a bow, a, you know, whatever, a crossbow. You definitely don't want to say that, and then people get super upset. But you know, uh, it, you know, but but the people that are true true hunters and true outdoorsmen, I feel like, come together uh, when they should. Just like me and you, we met on Twitter uh, as we talked about before in the other podcast, but. 
you know, talk, talk to one another on there. And next thing you know, I'm coming to West Virginia. You know, we, we had a black dude. I can't even, uh, let's talk about that. That Turkey trip was, was definitely a highlight for me this year. You know, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. You never know when, when it's, when it's a trip like that or meeting somebody for the first time. I mean, I knew I was going to have fun with you because we're, we're definitely brothers from another mother. Uh, but you know, it, it was just such a blast meeting you and your family and going over there to Todd's place and stuff. But uh, I can't thank you enough for having me over, man. It was a freaking blast. Dude, it, it, we had an awesome time, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, we had good hunting. We drank. We ate good. I mean, what more could you ask for? Oh, for sure. I'm, st- I am, st- every time you text me the word, De Carlos, my Carlos. mouth salivates. <laughs> <laughs> I want some of that. I I told her the other day. I said if we didn't have something going on or I wasn't working this weekend, I would contemplate driving to West Virginia just for a piece of that pizza. I swear. <laughs> and uh, and that's what I was telling you. You know, before you came here, I'm like, you've never had pizza like this. No, no, I haven't. You know, and it's it's a square pizza, and they cook it in a tray of like 28 pieces. They par cook the crust, put a little sauce on, take it out, put the rest of the sauce on the crust, put it back in the oven, pull it out, and then they put the cheese on it. You're right. And they don't melt it. You no, know, it's, it's just it's cold cheese. It's just cold cheese on oh, a pizza. Man, it's so good. <laughs> but when you get it, and you eat it. I mean, if you don't wouldn't like it, you can just leave the box set aside for a minute or two, and the cheese will melt. Yep, absolutely. We didn't let nothing melt. No, <laughs> we ate all of it within a matter of just a couple minutes. <laughs> and it was funny when you we, we was talking when you left. You said, uh, "I told you." I said, "Well, there's one downtown you could go right by and get it." I said, "But it's." In my opinion, it's just not quite as good as the one up on the hill. Oh, yeah. And you're like, well, I'm going up on the hill, and that's where I'm getting my pizza. <laughs> yeah, sure did. I, I stopped in and got it, ordered it like I knew what I was doing. <laughs> got it, you know, got on uh, got on 70 there and rolled out, and I think I pretty much had all of it gone before I even got to 70, really. Uh, I tried to save a piece for the wife when I got home, but it, it's not the same, uh, you know, right that's not a good i don't feel like that's a good leftover pizza for sure it's got to be fresh yeah it's like a good drunk single guy leftover pizza (laughs) yeah i can see that (laughs) you know and then but it you know like i said around here that's what we live on you know but uh dude the the turkey hunting i'm telling you man we had such a good time I, I was actually I was telling somebody this story the other day because uh, they we were showing some pictures at work about hunting and stuff and I was showing them the birds I killed this year and whatnot and started going through the video and showing them uh, uh, our hunt there in West Virginia and it, it was crazy because you know Troy knew what he was doing when we set up in the he had a blind set up in the corner of this field and he said you know don't get agitated at first you know we're probably not going to see anything right off the bat. He said, it's about nine o'clock and uh, they'll hit this field. I swear it was like nine o'clock on the dot. <laughs> and we looked up and the, there was two strutters on the other end of the field. Uh, and we worked them right in there. You know, it, 
if we we were trying to do it with our bows we really were we were trying to do it archery style hell he had the long bow or, or recurve or whatever in the blind and i had the the old matthews with me uh called him into about 20 25 yards and my first shot i have no idea i think i blacked out i either blacked dude, out or i hit the window one of the two i can't remember i don't know what happened dude you was shaking <laughs> like a like a crack addict that hadn't had a fix in a week <laughs> Turkey, turkey I've seen you gets me fired up, man. Dude, I'm telling you, I don't think I've seen anybody more excited about anything in life ever <laughs> than you was taking that shot on that turkey. Your <laughs> arm looked like you had like a massage thing on it, and your <laughs> right. it was just bouncing and shaking. I'm like, and then when you got another shot, and you know. I thought you made a good shot on it. I really I thought did. I made a good shot too, but I think it was just a little far back than what I needed or a little far forward, which have been pure feathers, but there was fat and arrow and blood, just not a lot of it. Uh, mostly fat on the arrow, but gosh, man, I wanted it so bad. I wanted that bow kill on a long beard so bad. And it was a monster. It was, it, it was was a big bird, man. It was pro I'm telling you, I mean, just seeing it, I'd say that thing had to have twelve or thirteen inch beard on it. Absolutely. You know, and then I, I make I make the shot. We think it's all good. Hell, we celebrated kind of. Uh we thought it was it was game over. Now that I've watched probably a little bit more of bow hunting turkeys, I, I with him jumping like that, I is we should have known right then it wasn't that great of a shot. Um, but me and Troy went down the ridge. We were kind of at the top of a power line cutout. Uh, so we went down trying to find the bird. We saw two birds, but we weren't sure if those were the two. Because there, there was birds gobbling everywhere. They were everywhere. They were everywhere, uh, which, was, which is what I'm getting to. We went down there, looked for the bird. Nothing happened. We saw a couple other birds. So we decided to go back to the blind, which where my camera was there. My bow, <laughs> my bow was there. His this bow is too was funny. There. And uh, we come up, and there is five long beards standing in <laughs> front of our blind. And when I say long beards, they were long beards. I'm pretty sure one of those birds was probably the one I shot uh, on Wednesday. But, uh, man, for a first day, for that to happen, I mean, if if we'd had guns, we could have pulled a double. But either oh. way, that was a hell of an opening West Virginia turkey season. Oh, it was awesome, man. Awesome, man. We had a great time. And then, you know, I was like, well, we might as well wrap it up. And then, you know, we went down to Todd's and just, you know, had a great evening. Just, you know, drinking beer out in the garage, telling stories. <laughs> I mean, it was awesome. And then, you know, we get up the next morning, head out to the woods, and his dogs, I thought they was going to tear us all apart. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, we, had a, we had a little bit of bad weather that morning. It was kind of spitting, raining, really windy. I was almost for certain that we weren't going to hear anything on the roost, which we come down the trail that they had made. They had a blind set up, and uh, we didn't hear anything. Uh, I hit the hoot owl. I think we got one or two of them to gobble. And um, then we proceeded to sit in the blind for the next hour ish. Uh, and I thought, and I was for sure, I thought, man, this is going to be one of those days. The weather just kind of 
you know, screwed the pooch a little bit, really windy, mist and raining. And then all of a sudden, just like that, it stopped. Yeah. The wind stopped, the rain stopped, and they got fired up. Yeah, them two two gobblers, man, was hammering. Oh, yeah, they were hammering, and they weren't very far from us, so I played the game with the one called uh, as much as I should have probably. I don't think I overcalled those birds at all. Uh, but, oh, dude, you you worked them things like magic. <laughs> dude, I mean. One of those technique, that, that one of them technique mornings where experience came into play for sure. Yeah, them them gobblers come in. Well, actually, I think you might have actually just called the hen in. <laughs> right. And, she, and, she was going nuts, man. Yep. And them gobblers just followed right behind her. And like I said, I was sitting outside the blind. Right. Because there was three people already in the blind. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I'll just bring my chair and just sit out here right against the tree. And just watch, you know, and that hen, man, she came in, but man, it's like when she seen that decoy, some spooked her or something. Yeah. You'll have that. I've even seen it in long beards before. We, it was just a lone de- uh, hen decoy we had out on the, this, it was kind of like at the peak of a ridge, but the ridge went further down towards this big valley. Uh, we just had her in the middle of the trail. Nothing crazy. Wind was kind of blowing her around a little bit. Um, I've seen that many of times, you know, usually a hen doesn't really get that spooked by it. I haven't in my experiences, uh, but she did not like that decoy. She saw that thing and she got all spooked. And that was was about the time that the two gobblers peeked over the top of the ridge and me and Levi, which, uh, what was he? 14 or 15? Was he 15? 15? I think 15. Yeah. This was his first ever Turkey hunt. Uh, and when I saw that there was two birds, I knew there was two goblin. I wasn't for sure if the two were going to pop up. I said, we're going to pull a double buddy right here, right now. So I got my gun up too. And, uh, you know, she got spooked and, uh, the one, the one gobbler came out of full strut left where I couldn't even see him anymore. And I just told Levi, I said, you can see that one on top of the ridge, take a shot. And it was about a 35 I would almost say reaching 40, maybe 35, 40 yard shot. And he just put the hammer down on him. (laughs) He did. That was a long shot. I mean, and I mean, that thing flopped and went, what, maybe 10 yards, 15 yards Mm -hmm. and, and piled up. And, but it's, it's funny because, you know, he was just so cool about it. I know. I was flipping out. (laughs) He wasn't, I mean, you could tell he was excited, mm-hmm. but he just like didn't show it. Oh, you know, he sure. tried he tried to hide it. You know, and but man, it, it was it was. I mean, it was a heck of a shot from you where know. he shot that thing from. And I mean, it was just to be able to be with somebody, you know, on any of their first hunts when they are successful. It's just a an awesome feeling man oh absolutely we absolutely hook line and sinkered levi in turkey hunting because he's gonna think it goes like that every time and it right. work that way <laughs> uh you know I, I i it's almost i hate to put it this in this in this way but sometimes hunts like that can be emotional 
you know, cause his dad's with him, you know, his dad's super excited, you know, his dad doesn't have a gun and you know, they, that's their first Turkey hunt, uh, period. I think maybe the, even the both of them. Uh, so, you know, they didn't really have experiences with that. And then seeing his son successful, uh, you know, they were fired out me and Todd, we were fired up in the blind <laughs> Levi kind of kept it cool, but, uh, it was just a, a, a very cool hunt all overall with them guys. And then, me and you came back to your place and spent the night and, you know, and had some beers and, uh, threw some darts with, uh, with your daughter in the garage, which I had a lot of fun hanging out with you guys in the garage playing darts and stuff. It's been a while since I threw some darts like that. Yeah, it was, it was awesome, man. We had such a good time. Yeah. And then when you shot your deer, it, or Turkey, I mean, <laughs> it, it was it was so funny. I mean, because watching you run through that field with him boots on, <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm watching you and it's like your front part is forward and your legs was back. And I'm like, he's going over. Well, I think he's my, going over and the, he did not. The way that my, I was sitting, I think my legs were like asleep. <laughs> I think, <laughs> But it was so funny though. But I mean, that turkey was like, cause we was going to go down to the blind and I was like, you know what? Let's just sit right here because they come out of this corner of this field and he didn't come out of the corner of the field, but he come up on that edge and you just put the hammer down and that had to be 40 yards. Yep. Every bit of it. Yeah, he was going to come out there. I, maybe it was that decoy. Maybe I need to get a new decoy or something. He almost seemed like there was something that. Yeah, he did. He was, too. Yeah, yeah, he was a little suspicious. Yeah, I don't know what he saw or if it was the decoy or was from us the day before or two days before when we put a little bit of pressure on the field or what it was. But he took one step out of full strut and turned like he was going to go back into the bottom of that field. And I was like, Nope, you ain't going no far, <laughs> nowhere else, which was pretty cool. You can't really see the shot on the video, which that's part of hunting sometimes and, and filming your hunts and stuff. You don't always get exactly the shot that you want. So, you know, I, I it was my last, last morning there in West Virginia. I was, I left right afterwards. Uh, so I go, went ahead and put the hammer down on him, but what a way to start, start off my Turkey, my Turkey, tour as i want to put it you know going with you in west virginia was the first part of my turkey tour and i had youth weekend that next weekend or that the next couple of days uh in indiana and we killed two more birds back-to-back -back days on youth weekend i mean i felt like i was on fire i mean i we i killed five birds and well i've been part of five birds in just a couple of days i felt like i was invincible in the turkey woods there for about a week and a half <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just funny how anything with, whether it be Turkey or deer, sometimes you'll hit that stretch, man. It's just, it's like, you can't lose. That's what I felt like, man. I felt like I couldn't lose. And then going up to Michigan with all the guys, uh, from mid state and some other ambassador from the Nexus program, uh, and we killed eight, eight birds and, uh, just a little less than 24 hours all on film. Uh, it was a hell of a way to wrap up the, the 2023 turkey season. And um, I hope the deer, I hope my deer season goes anything like that. Cause 
it'll be wild. <laughs> What's I'm trying to get you down here to West Virginia. Like I said, it's only going to cost you like $32 for a stamp. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get that figured out as well. I would, I wouldn't mind coming maybe like that first weekend in December, maybe second weekend. We'll have to see how it plays out and got some stuff going on here at home. Uh, personal stuff so hopefully i can get out there but as of right now that's what what i'm going to try to try to shoot for is that first or second week right there in december which i'm sure up in the mountains there it'd probably be pretty cold yeah it gets pretty chilly here but i mean it's one of those things man december 2nd could be 65 degrees yeah i'd be down for that too (laughs) you know but it could be five below (laughs) You, you know it's just hard to tell I mean, you'll get those days to just come up. Yeah. But like I was telling you, you know, we can bait here. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you get into, I mean, I'm not much of a baiter guy. I usually don't. Right. Me either. But, hey, if you're coming in, I could throw a 50-pound bag of corn out or 100 (laughs) pounds. You know, hey, if it's legal, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> I, I'm right with you. I'm I'm the same way, man. I'm not. If it's legal, I ain't got nothing against it. I really don't. Yeah, I, I mean, I've never really had that pleasure of hunting over anything like that. And here in Indiana, we're not allowed to do it. Uh, Kentucky, where I go in Kentucky, you can't do it on public land. You can do it on private, but not public. So I've never really got to hunt over a pile like that. I'm. I'm sure that may even add a little bit of an excitement to it. Well, like I said, usually from what I've learned over the years, most of the time, them big bucks that I notice aren't going to come in and just eat that corn. Right. I mean, it's a, it's just like they have a sixth sense or something. <laughs> right. You know, they're like, yeah, something's not right here. Right. There's not a cornfield. But them does will send their fawns in and kind of hang back a while and be like, all right, go up there and see what happens with you. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, that's not good parenting at yeah. all. No, that's, that's not good parenting at all. No. But uh, <laughs> speaking of parenting, how did how did the rest of your turkey season go? I know you took uh, your daughter out several times. How, how did the rest of your turkey season play out? Oh, we didn't do any good. Me and dad went out a couple times. Um, just heard a few gobbles, long distance, you know. And me and Maya went out a time or two and just never had any luck at all, you know. But I just like spending time with her in the, in the blind, you know. I mean, it's a good time just watching her. You know, and she's so intense. She's just like, she's always, she's looking out the blind. I don't see no turkeys, dad. And she has her iPad with her, you know, that way gives her something to do, but she don't pay much attention to it. I mean, she's always, you know, looking out that blind and she'll be like, dad, I see something. Oh, it's a crow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that sounded and, like me on that first morning there's yeah. one never mind there's one never mind <laughs> but i mean it, it's you know anytime you can get your kids out i mean my oldest daughter is 17 now and she just 
doesn't want anything to do with hunting. And it's not like she's against it or anything, you know, right. she just, she's just like, that's just not my thing, dad. Yep. She's like, but if you kill it, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, well, that's great that, you know, yeah, but yeah. my youngest, you know, she's just like, let's go kill something, dad. You know, <laughs> and it, it's just an awesome thing to at least be able to have, cause my wife doesn't eat deer meat. Mm-hmm. She don't want nothing to do with it, but she has never stopped me from hunting ever. That's good. you know. She, I, I know mean, you she, guys can cook. I, I'm surprised she doesn't eat it as as well as you guys cook over there. I know. I, I probably left there thirty pounds heavier than <laughs> what I did when I showed up. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I mean, I just don't understand. It. I mean, the girls will eat it. And she's just like, I don't think it's bad. She's like, but I just don't want to eat it. And I'm like, well, I respect that. You know, I mean, I'm, but I don't understand it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you don't think it's bad, then why, you know? Right. But it's just, you know, like I said before, man, on, you know, the first time I, I just love hunting. For sure. Um, you know, I'm not a trophy killer. I don't live in the Midwest where there's a bunch, you know, a bunch of big bucks and stuff. And if a spike comes along now, especially since I'm shooting a tr- traditional bow, I just, if I can make a good show, I'm going to do it. Yeah. No, I don't blame you one bit. You know, I may take it a little far sometimes when it comes to filming and, doing all that sort of stuff. But I, I try never to lose the, the, the real sight of why I do this to begin with, like get on here and talk to cool guys like you every week about hunting and bow hunting and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I think a lot of people lose, lose that, that's that sight in their life when it comes to hunting. And I think it may, you know, evolve or revolve around a lot of different things like social media or, Maybe the outdoor channel and whatnot back in the day. It's hard for me to say that because it's on in the background. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, people lose that real, that, that, that sight of why they did it to begin with, why they got into it because their grandpa took them back in the day when they were young, you know, and then now they're in the same footsteps taking their kids. I think a lot of people lose sight of that for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, social media is hey yeah it's a good thing it is i mean you can keep in contact with friends and family and but man when it comes to hunting i I don't know man it it, you know you see a guy he shoots a small deer small buck and he puts it on social media and the first thing that he says is well i know it's not the biggest (laughs) <laughs> we know we know <laughs> i'm just like you shouldn't have to justify anything that you shoot i'm with you man you know buddy i if it makes you happy shoot it oh for sure yeah i've talked to my face is blue about that on here i wish a lot of people had that uh that state of mind when it comes to that i even saw the other day a guy had put a trail cam photo up. I believe it was on Twitter, and I don't get on that very often anymore. Uh, but 
it was a nice buck. It was uh, honestly probably a 135, 140, somewhere right in there. Uh, and he's like, man, num- new number one shooter or something like that. And I liked it. I liked it. And I'm like, man, that is a pretty nice buck. And uh, somebody commented on it was like, I'd give it another year. I would ne- I would never get caught shooting that. And I'm like, oh, my <laughs> God, I would love to shoot that. <laughs> Especially exactly. Brett, we're – I mean, me and you are like brothers here, man. Oh, for sure. I mean, when it comes to hunting, man, we're we're just the same. And, you know, and I love when people put on social media, you know, they'll see a guy that says, hey, man, I'm just out here to hunt. You yeah. know, if a spike comes by or a 10-point comes by, it doesn't matter. I'm going to shoot it. And then you get that one guy that says, well, if you're sitting in your tree stand and there's a three point and a ten point, which one are you going to shoot? <laughs> I mean, right. how stupid is that question? Right. And and the way that I look at it is, you're sitting at a bar and you have two girls come up to you that are flirting with you. <laughs> one's ugly, one's pretty. Which one you take? Which one are you gonna take? I mean, come on, you know. Go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. I was just gonna say that's kind of one of the coolest things I think of doing a podcast and being on this type of platform. I've had people on here that they wouldn't shoot anything under 150 inches. Yeah, which that's fine. You know, honestly, there's guys there may yeah the, the, the. the instance that I'm talking about, this person killed a very, very, very big deer. So now that's like, uh, you know, the, the level of expect, not even expectations. It's like, Hey, I've been here. I want to be even higher. And I totally respect that. And then you have other people, uh, that have been on here with me, uh, like my buddy that I just had on a couple weeks ago, uh, Tyler Comstock, you know, he's talking about taking his boys hunting. He's a meat hunter. You know, if he gets a chance at a, a, a nice buck, he's going to take it. He's still hunting hard like the rest of us, and but he he doesn't put that level of expectation on himself. He's just going out there to provide provide for his family. A big buck is a, just a bonus, and I find that just that is awesome to me. I love that. I wish a lot more people were uh, in that same boat and had that same mentality when it came to deer hunting. I love that podcast. I yeah. did. I mean, he was such a great person to listen to. And I'm right with him. I mean, I, hey, if you, you know, if your goal is to shoot any deer, I'm with it. I'm with it too, man. If your, goal, if your goal is to shoot a mature deer, hey, I'm with you, buddy. All right. I hope you do. If you have one on a camera that you've named and that's the one that your focus is all year about, I'm with you. Right. I don't care. You know, I'm with you anywhere you go. As long as you're doing it's legal, I don't care. Yep, I mean, I'm, I really don't. I'm in the same boat, man. I, I really am. Uh, speaking of podcasts, let's talk about your show. You know, I want to get a little bit of uh shed a little bit of light on that. 
talk about some of these uh, recent shows that you've done with the, some traditional guys and you know, that's kind of what you're, I mean, I wouldn't say it's totally what your show's based on, but a lot of the, your talk on there is a lot about traditional archery. Yeah. I, you know, I've tried to, you know, just do a few things with some, you know, trad, trad guys and, you know, just BS with them and just, you know, learn them what they shoot. Um, favorite hunting stories, you know, just, you know, nothing in depth of hunting, you know, no tips or nothing like that, you know, just BSing with somebody for an hour. And, um, that's my podcast, you yeah. know, I, I love it. That honestly, you know, I, I really, I think I really enjoyed last week's show that I did with, uh, Alan and, and Jake from blue collar whitetails, because I wasn't necessarily, you know, a lot of the shows that I've done here with a lot of people that I've had on, I go through a lot of stuff and try to get to know them a little bit and how they approach certain things and whatnot. But we were on a specific topic. We, we were talking about summer chores or summer prep for whitetails. And it was just kind of like a round table talk bouncing uh stuff off one another or what how everybody kind of does it and then going through those those progressions i enjoyed that i think i would enjoy a bs session on here every once in a while you know and that's kind of what we're doing tonight it's a bs session you know talking turkey hunting and you know your podcast and stuff like that it's fun to to bs every once in a while instead of being so focused on a certain topic or whatever Buddy, I think that, you know, the thing is, I don't want to listen to a podcast that's telling me how to hunt. You know, I've been doing it for, this will be 35 years this Mm -hmm. year that I've been bow hunting. And we all know, you know, hunt the wind, hunt the pinch points. Hunt the saddle, mm-hmm. hunt the food area, hunt the bedding area. We we know all that. Mm-hmm. And that's great for, I mean, there's podcasts out there that are great for people that don't understand. Right. You know, but I don't want to hear that. I just want to hear what your regular everyday bow hunter has to say. That's and my true. And my favorite is just listening to their favorite hunting story. Yeah, that's that is fun because they get so fired up about it. I mean, when you ask them, you're like, "What's your favorite hunting story?" You see their face just light up, <laughs> and they just they know what it is. All There's right. no second doubt. And they're like, "This shit right here is my favorite hunting story," <laughs> and I love it. You know, and I love to hear those stories about, you know, their first deer or their kid's first deer Mm -hmm. or their dad's first deer or wife or sister or whoever it may be. I just love those stories, man, because you could just see their face light up when they're telling it. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's what I I don't want to hear about the wind. 
(laughs) Right. It was Barnum North Northeast. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, my goodness gracious, you know, as soon as you get into bow hunting, within two days, you know about the wind. So I don't want to hear about the wind. You know, I want to hear just what everybody is about. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I mean, to me, that's what hunting is about. Absolutely. You know, I'm not no big trophy hunter. I'm a hunter. I'm a bow hunter. And I'll sit in stands if the wind's wrong. I don't, I, I just love, because the way I see it is, you could pick out one spot in a chair on the ground. And then those, what is it, 30, 60, 90 days of bow season, you could sit there every day. You're going to kill a deer. Oh, yeah. Eventually, you're going to at least get a shot on one. Yeah. I don't <laughs> care if it's a doe, if it's a fawn, if it's a 10 point that grosses 150. So do you think with with what you just said, do you think that people put too much thought into deer hunting sometimes? You know, barometric pressures and this and this and this, and they just they forget that they just need to go out and put boots on the ground? Well, I mean, I think that I mean you can look at things like barometric pressure and you know, the higher it is, the deer are gonna move. Absolutely. And, but you get these guys who be like, well, it's, you know, 65 degrees today, sunny. No, it's too hot. Deer ain't going to move. <laughs> uh, I got, it's funny that you say that I had made me think of a story. Uh, and it actually all kind of ties into what we're talking about. So sometimes I'm that guy. I put too much thought into all these different variables and this and that. And uh, Ryan came over. His uh, his old lady was on vacation or something. It was like the first weekend in October. It was still very warm here in, uh, in Indiana. And uh, I pulled up the DeerCast app on my phone, and it said terrible or bad or whatever it was. And I'm like, dude, let's just sit here and, you know, let's, let's have a few. Our, both of our wives are out of town. Let's have a few beers, watch this race. It's getting ready to come on. Let's have a good time Saturday night. Let's have a good time. You know, you know, let's not put too much, you know, it's 75 degrees outside. Let's not go super sweaty tonight. And, uh, the neighbor Adam pulled in with his buddy. Hey, you guys going out tonight? We're getting ready to head out. And we're like, nah, we're just going to chill in the garage and drink beer. You know, it's too hot for us fat kids. Phone blows up two hours later. They shot a giant. I'm not even making this at they, they had this buck. Uh, we had pictures. Spencer had pictures of it, like about two miles from where they killed it. We called it ET because, uh, his G2 had like a little crooked thing. It kind of looked like ET's finger, you know, like phone home. And, uh, they killed that buck that night. I mean, and I know this spot because I've hunted it with Adam. That's where he killed his buck last year on film. Super thick. Like, you can't even see the deer coming. You can hear them coming because they're just coming into bedding right there, and it's just super thick. Adam said he saw it, and then his buddy was down just a little bit, uh, Randy, and, and he Randy ended up shooting it. But 
that's just an example for you. I should have probably been in the woods. I just didn't feel like going to sit in an 80 degree weather. And, uh, you know, and I leaned a little bit on the, the, the deer cast, you know, it's terrible. The, the wind's bad and blah, 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 blah. Just making excuses. You know, I'm that, you know, I, I admit I was that guy at that, that maybe I just had a wild hair at my ass and I wanted to stay home and drink beer. I don't know. Sometimes a shit like that happens, but that's it. I should have been in the woods. I, you never know. I could have had a shot at a big one that night. Yeah. I just don't, you know, like I said, I mean, you was here, you seen my 12 point that I had mounted mm-hmm. Nice. Point. and I wasn't even going to go hunting that morning. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, I didn't know that deer was there. Mm-hmm. I drank a lot the night before I was young and I woke up and I'm like, yeah, I don't feel like climbing that big hill. And <laughs> I walked outside and it was 28 degrees. Ooh, that's and I'm cool. like, uh, this was October 18th. Wow. That's pretty cold for October. Yes. And I'm like, shit, I got to climb that hill. <laughs> so I climbed that hill, got up my stand. I ended up bringing that thing back in with a tippy bleep. That's awesome. On October the 18th. That's crazy. Bleak it is crazy. Bleak I mean, I mean, I don't know why that buck came back into it. I mean, being so early in the season, but he did. And I mean, you just never know, man. Yeah, for sure. Anything. Like I said, I mean, you could go out the first day, especially where you're at, you know, where there's good bucks. It could be, the first day of bow season, 80 degrees and shoot a 150. Yeah, it's crazy. It doesn't happen it, a lot, but it, 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 no. it happens. <laughs> right. I, I mean, it's just being at the right place at the right time. For sure. That's what it all comes down to, man. Oh, absolutely. Uh, another thing I wanted to talk to you about, uh, on the show tonight about is something we talked about earlier on the phone. When I called you after work, um, bow shops, bow shops, mm. bow shops, bow shops back. I can remember, you know, when I first got into bow hunting, uh, you know, in like the 2000, 2000, 2001, 2002, somewhere right in there. Um, you know, bow shops were everywhere. You could go, yep. I mean, there was like five within 15 or 20 minutes from my house all really nice guys. They would help you out tremendously. You could show up and not even know what you're doing and they would help you seen it happen many a times. You know, I can't t- tell you how many times I walked into a bow shop and saw somebody dry fire one and have it blow up in their hands <laughs> just cause yeah. I didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. Uh, but that is a thing of the past. Uh, bow shops few and far between, you know, I can think of like five. Uh, and I, when I say five, I mean like within like, two hours of my house in a right. <laughs> uh, and, and I had, um, um, problems with my drop away rest. Uh, the little piece that ties into the, the string when I pull back and it pops up, there was a plastic plastic piece on the bottom, which had busted and caused it to be able to move, which caused my rest not to be able to go up and down. 
So I was looking to get that fixed, and it was almost a challenge to try to find somebody to fix it, which was, I mean, just blew my mind. I mean, there was places you had to call and make an appointment, and this place is like an hour and a half from my house, and it closed at, you know, 4.30 in the afternoon. There's no way I can even make it there type of thing. And then um, the place that I went to tonight, uh, it's actually a gun shop, and there's a guy, they do sell bows in there. There's a guy that works on them and he comes in there for like three or four hours twice a week. Um, and there was people in there ahead of me when, when I got in there, which what, what he needed to do on my bow took him 10 minutes, 10 minutes, if that more like 10 seconds. Um, but it was just kind of wild. Me and you were talking about it, how different it was back in the early 2000s and maybe even in the late 90s, the, yeah. whole, bow, the whole bow shop era, I feel like. Buddy, I, I think it's it's the internet. I, I mean, you can just order anything that you want, and it's here either the next day or the day after. Right. You know, and I'm telling you, before long, it's going to be to the point to where you could buy Matthews, Hoyt, you know, PSE, all their major lines online. I think you can already do that. I think you can pretty much buy all those bows straight from the manufacturer, even customized, I believe. I mean, that's most of those are without your sights and your rests and all that sort of stuff too. But, you know, I just, I like somebody technician wise to be able to work on my stuff, but kind of like we were talking, because that's what you did, you know, prior to your job now you were a Botech at cabela's you know I, I i find comfort in people that know what they're doing working on my stuff do i know a lot about bows yes do i know exactly how to work on all of them no i don't know how to do some of that stuff so i need somebody to do it for me but i'm almost getting to the point where i think i'm going to be working on uh bows myself well yeah that's what it's it's going to come down to like I said before long, boat shops ain't going to have boats because there's just so many of them and so many different, you know, customizations to strings and limbs and just everything. They're going to be there to help people set up their bows. Mm -hmm. And I, I hate to see it, man, but it, I mean, that's just the way it's going to be because when you're a bow shop, you just, there's so many sights and rest and stabilizers and arrows and broadheads. You can't carry them all. Not you know, even, you can not even count know, all the arrow options, <laughs> right? You can only carry so many things and they just keep coming out with more and more each year. And, like I said, Matthews and, and Hoyt, PSE, they're going to be like, well, you just order your bow and, you know, we'll send it to a, either yourself or a, you know, bow shop by you. And then you can go pick it up yeah, because crazy. you just, these bow shops, man, they just can't carry it all. I'm with you. The The particular place I went to tonight carried Matthews, Hoyt, 
uh, a couple bow techs and some bear some bear bows um i was kind of checking the bear bows out i i had matt dossman on a few weeks ago we talked a little bit about it and when, when i saw them sitting there it kind of popped in my head like hey i want to check these out we just talked about it um wow what a price difference that's all i have to say you know I, and this, I'm not trying to preach on, you know, inflation and the, the, the way all that stuff works out, but I cannot justify seeing how much money they pay for some of these bows. I mean, it is ungodly. I'm talking about a bare minimum bow, not bare, B-E-A-R, but B-A-R-E, bare bow with no sights, arrests, and everything, almost $2,000. Yeah. It, that is just absolutely gnarly in my book. I could buy be, that car, buy that, that carbon <laughs> buy that carbon bow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I, I just I just can't see it. And you know, you got some guys, and I'm not. If you if this is you, don't just play me off. But there's guys that spend that much money, and then go around and you know sell it at the end of the year, and they're ready for another one. I, see I used to a lot. <laughs> I used to be that guy. <laughs> there, there's nothing wrong with being that guy if that's something that you're into and you want the newest, baddest thing, that, and that's in your pocketbook and handle it. You go for it. Uh, but my pocketbook cannot handle that. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, my thing was I worked at archery shops, and you know I could buy a bow at cost shoot it for a year and then sell it for more than what I paid for it. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's that's something I could might be able to get into a little bit. Uh, But uh, yeah, dude, it's just now that I switched to, you know, traditional archery, man, I love it. I I mean, I'm not going to be shooting 25, 30 yards you know, hitting 12 rings like I used to with my compound, but it's just to stand at 20 yards and watch that arrow and know that I made a good shot. It's just, it's just awesome, man. It is awesome. I'm I'm glad to see you enjoyed as much as you do. You know, you know, there's some guys that say they're into archery and they may shoot a couple times a week, uh, but they don't get it. Troy shoots almost daily listening to podcasts or the radio out in the yard and he's out there smoking the deer target or the turkey target. I mean, it's, it's something that you do almost daily. Yes. I mean, with traditional archery, man, you have to, I I mean, you can't just on my last podcast. When I talked to, uh, Derek, the from Ohio, we talked about this. It's like, it's not like, you know, you could pick up a bow after two months and shoot it good. Mm-hmm. But you can with a compound. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's kinda like a, you know, a basketball player. You know, they get that, that rhythm uh, of their shots. You know, it's kind of the same, uh, you know, muscle memory type of situation when it comes exactly. to Exactly. Right. But yeah, it, it's just like, you know, I could set my compound down two months, pick it up 20. Cause I, you know, I bow hunt to get close. You know, I don't bow hunt to shoot 80, 90 yards. 
Yeah, no. It, you know, and that's just not me. I, I'm not that. I mean, if I if I did that, I'd get a rifle. You know, <laughs> I just right. and so you know, I could set my compound down two months, go pick it up twenty yards, and just be pounding a three D target. Yeah, that's awesome. Now. Put your longbow down for two months. Come back out and start shooting it again. <laughs> you probably may you're not like, get the target. <laughs> yeah, you're like WTF. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, you're, man. You're like, what the crap is going on, man? <laughs> and it just it's all mental. Mm-hmm. Because when when you have a peep sight. And, you know, I never saw it with a kisser button, but, you know, a lot of people have a kisser button and, you know, you're drawing, you have so much stuff to line you up and it's just squeeze the trigger. Right. It's in the bullseye. Then you go grab a wood bow with a (laughs) string and an arrow and you're like, what the shit am I supposed to do with this, man? (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, you just, you have to stay on it. Mm -hmm. You just have to. And I mean, I shot two, was it two years ago? I shot my first deal with a recurve and some guys say it's not traditional because I, it hadn't, Aluminum riser, um, carbon limbs, but I shot out of a blind 15 yards and made a perfect shot. That's awesome. It was quartered away right towards the back of the ribs. It come out the uh, opposite side scapula ran I don't know, maybe 80 yards, piled up, died. And I called my buddy that got me into the trad archery. And I, you know, I'm telling him I'm, I'm so excited. I'm shaking and just (laughs) out of control, man. And he says, what was the difference? He, no, he says, was you more excited when you shot that 170 inch deer or that seven point trad buck? <laughs> and I'm like, this is how I'm going to give it to you. I'm like, I was more excited when I shot the deer with my recurve. I said, but when you walk off, walk up onto a seven point that scores about 75. <laughs> and then you walk up on a 12 point that scores 170. <laughs> I said, that's a totally different story, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's totally different. Uh, circumstances. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you, you coming on and talking with me again and, you know, give me a, uh, an episode, you know, kind of a BS session, you know, kind of 
recap our, our turkey hunt together. We definitely wanted to do a podcast on that for sure. Uh, and maybe we'll get you back on. Hopefully you can uh, shoot a 170 with a recurve. Dude, if I do, I'm going to put every bow that I have on the wall and I ain't never hunting again. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, buddy. Hey, unless, ta- may- unless maybe some rabbits or something. <laughs> All right. Well, tell everybody where they can uh, uh, listen to the podcast and the name of it and everything. Well, the podcast is the Yeoman Bowman. Um, you can look for it on Spotify. Um, I have. Um, a Twitter, I have a Instagram, Facebook. Um, most of them are on uh, w, WV Bowmaster. Um, but I don't really put much stuff on there because I'm, you know, a little bit older and I just kind of just hang by myself and everything. But <laughs> yeah, if you want to, you know, get a hold of me, that's how you can get a hold of me. But I can tell you right now, I love you, Brett. Oh, for sure, buddy. I, I love you like a brother, buddy. I mean, I'm so glad to see you guys growing with your, you know, with Blue River bow hunting and everything. And, man, I'm just proud of you. I appreciate and, that, man. And, you know, I, I'm just glad, you know, you came out turkey season. Got to kill a couple turkeys, had a great time. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm hoping you can come out in deer season. And, but I mean, this is, this is what it's all about. Oh, you know, sure. there's, you know, there's a lot of fake bow hunters and shit that just, I see them on Instagram and this and that. And I'm like, what a joke, you know? <laughs> And, but man, I'm just proud of you, man. Just keep going. Just keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, I'm always here for you, buddy. I appreciate that. You guys go, I'll have him tagged on everything when I, when I put this out tomorrow, but everybody check, uh, Troy and his, in his podcast out. If you're into traditional archery, it's definitely something to listen to. Uh, we'll be back here again next week for episode 66. Not sure who that might be just yet, but we'll get her figured out later on. You guys have a good weekend, and uh, go Colts. See you, bud.